Greetings, everyone. This is V, aka Vernon English. Oh, oh, definitely a split thirteen hour. If you have weed and you you smoke, don't tell Dare, don't tell my mom. <laughs> Welcome to the most weirdest podcast you could ever find in the metaverse slash twenty twenty two. This is V, aka Vernon English, uh, tapping in. Thank you guys for checking out my podcast. I appreciate it. I say I'm a nerd, but that's in the general sense of looking at things because I am. I'm a black nerd. And this story is the culmination of one of my projects and combining it with all the others now fun fact i'm in los angeles and this is a great place but i love venice and venice is where the last two stories were written and quite possibly the third which is the fourth book now all of these things are like oh well, you've wrote books that's great so has everyone else in this world that's cool too but this is the audiobook version of it to explain all the confusing parts to anybody else that would be like, hey, this is a lot to process, bro. Like, this that's a lot. And to be fair, it is, and purposefully so. I spent the last few podcasts talking about how large Celestial is. Now, one could say the world is big. Yes, yes it is. But by comparison, you look at other planets in our solar system, and then we have this, I don't know, worldview blowing up. Uh, what do you call that? The meme where the guy's like waving his hand and all the like sparks are flying because you realize how small we are compared to everything. And so the size of the sun, a planet the size of the sun is insanely large. The parameters I cannot even fathom in my head and I try to do so on a daily basis and I still come up short. And so... I'm versing and, and creating and crafting these characters dealing with the emotions of their forgotten memories. And then the terrain. <laughs> the terrain in itself is different, but the third book was an exciting part because I got to add everything from the first and second book. And basically where we left off in the last installment was talking about the cat-headed goddess on the floating island. Now, <laughs> basically it wasn't, and I'm trying to remember the reasoning for me choosing so, but I'm pretty sure it was just the inspiration of me leaving an Easter egg for myself. And it was cool because I was like, okay, well, I want to update this story. <clears throat> and it just said, or begins, it says, upon journeys begin, the Femulus brand five-sided jaded blend. Took her leave, quantum rest nestled tenemently soundly intermitted the cat-headed queen's breast palms shining digits clenched now this is a play on words because obviously you have like onomatopoeias and other things and i kid you not if i speak to anyone else about my writing I, i'm this is not spoken word poetry this is not poetry poetry has cadences i literally took a class on poetry which is very good by the way but it has an editor, it has rules to it, it has certain things that you can interject in a haiku 
a line, so you got like three lines and you can say only a certain amount of syllables. But for me, like I was saying in the last podcast, my mine was if you were on Reddit and you were reading somebody and somebody posted a meme and then I just posted a random like blurb of my writing, which could be mistaken for poetry, but it's a never ending story. So Yes. Anybody tells you, hey, is this a story? You tell them yes. You They ask if it's poetry, you tell them hell no. <laughs> no, I don't feel any type of way about this. I'm, I'm very non-passive, but yes. So basically what happened was this woman is a refugee and she lands on this floating island and she's amongst all these other refugees. And the real thing that I wanted to impart on you guys as I go and move on to the next one was her finding her mate. That was her biggest thing. She left her daughter with the rest of the refugees and she went exploring this island, which is the size of a continent floating in the air with things that are not from heaven, not from hell, not from purgatory and not from dreams, but something entirely different where it's an experience. And one could think of like an acid trip or a mushroom trip, but initially what you're looking at is a moving environment, which one could say is just reality. But for her, it was a worldview change because she was a refugee. She didn't know what existed in the world. And then this cat-headed goddess is just sitting there like, what? (laughs) She's literally looking at existence that she never knew could be. And powers that she never knew existed. And that's basically where this installment from the third book comes from. And it says the wall shifted. uh, Where once stood a precipice melted. Untold silver feathers glistening. Curious wind rolled over into cliff. A fan spun a web pattern so intricate. All the formula could register thought processes the number nine. Or was it ten? The fullness of being truly this is what the cat-headed queen meant. Her lungs teeming. Passed before her shown colors never before witnessed. Am am I dreaming? She asked. No, a voice answers. You've become one of us. And so I leave it at that moment very open-ended, very Alfred Hitchcock, uh, what would you call, um, Twilight Zone-esque because I wanted someone to be like, oh, she's become one of them. Well, what does that mean? And then ask and leave it at that. And I don't even think I pick it up for the rest of the third book. But where I'm going, and this is for you guys as listeners, is she's just going to explore this crazy island and see all these other different animal-headed beings just chilling, (laughs) but doing different activities and having a different sense of benevolence and governing this thing that they have in these kingdoms. But what does that mean versus someone from a refugee point that had nothing and these beings that are floating and have everything? And, and I want to juxtapose this as a later type of uh, mystery or murder mystery where someone is murdered on the island and these are people who are benevolent. And so these are beings that are above said things, literally. They're floating on a floating island in the middle of the sky and they have no murders there. So now the refugees come there and it's like one of those cases of clue and trying to figure out, okay, who done it? 
who did this and who did that and i want to leave it very very open-ended and ask at the people and i asked this at the beginning of my story who are you at your core is it nature or is it nurture and not a lot of people know what i mean when i say this and it's not darwinian it's nothing with a hypothesis it's nothing with a scientific method it's just you look at how a person is raised and you look at the genetics so the genetics is obviously the nature part that's the thing you cannot that's inexcusable and the nurture is how this person views life how this person is accustomed to viewing relationships or anything just talking and you have two of these things juxtaposed together nature and nurture but then you also have this forgetfulness so you have the memory loss and the refugees are like well hell (laughs) anything is better than here anything is better than death and nature wise they have their own gifts but nurturing they are, are, are unaccustomed to the customs of the land if that makes sense so that that's just basically where i'll leave it at i'm done talking about floating islands is I'll, I'll get back to it but you must understand i have to redesign it in my head uh, i'm writing as i tell you this right now i wrote a little bit earlier today and that was fun but i, I want to have these notions where people are kids again and having the conversations where they don't know everything everyone knows everything already they know everything that happens they're all geniuses and very rarely surprised so for me the whole entirety of my whole book is for people who love to be surprised and when you take away someone's memory at the apex of their life so they're like 60 and 70 and you wipe them clean What is it that you're looking at, if not the shell of their former selves? And it sounds very rude and very matter-of-fact or or cold, but no. A lot of people go back into these areas or, or reiterate the things that they remember when they were children and that they were impactful or so much that it affected them to this day and the reason why they're telling that story. And you don't have to ask someone about this, not ask ask them about it you you just really feel that and so if someone is cooking and they'd be like yo i remember my grandmother used to cook lima beans and yeah it made me so happy like it was just the smell of it and the house and and you could feel the rusticness in it and the bricks on the side of the building and, and the sunlight coming in like it it one memory cascades into a snowball of many many memories and I appreciate that because that helped me design the rest of the book. It helped me redesign how I look at humans and not being a psychologist, not being whatever you want to call it because I smoke weed, but to redesign how I wanted the colors to be, how I wanted the, the characters to interact with one another. I never wanted someone in the story to be like, well, God is this. <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be, and that's how it always was. And then everybody else just follows that. I wanted this to be an open conversation and an open dialogue where usually there would not be, and then have a, a hilarious conversation. So 
right now in the fourth book, and this is a tidbit for you guys, I'm working on uh, this city, and it's a city of thieves. And they are the underworld, technically to just the rest of Celestial and the surrounding areas. And they all forgot their memories. It's all like Las Vegas, except insanely amount of no rules. And they're all like, okay, well, apparently that's how bandits and rapers and killers do things. But how did we do it before we forgot it? Like, how do you operate in an amicable way without robbing the plug or robbing the person that you want to come back to next week? And... (laughs) It's a, a funny conversation, but very serious in the understanding of how certain things work. And it's not to vilify something. I, I literally have these characters sitting down and having a conversation with human existence and what human beings want. Is it not just the picket fence? Is it not just uh, lust? Is it not just uh, security or a, some sense of accomplishment? Uh, These men are not fishermen where they just sit down and are accomplished with the kills that they got that day. There's something else that they are all chasing after and they don't know what it is. It's just because money is one thing and and it's just an object, but what else is there? And that's the question that they're asking one another. Fun fact, and, and I mentioned this too, and I'll leave you guys on this one, is this show that I was watching and then I'll craft a character in uh, called Lupin the Third. And it's a classic 19, what, 70s anime about this guy named Lupin. And he's a master thief. And he's been so, his grandfather was one, his father. And he goes with Jigen and Goemon and travels the world. And the cool thing, okay, the cool thing about Lupin is that he always leaves a note before he steals something. And to tell them, like, yo, I'm coming to grab this. You are... It's basically already gone, but you could look at it, and I wrote a note for you. (laughs) Very matter-of-factly, very brazen, very bold. And he has this character named Fujiko, who always shows up, and she's her own boss. She just links up with them in certain instances. But there was a spinoff of Fujiko Mine, and this is the first time they broke down her character. The first time they just basically showed her mentality. And, and I'll show my, my girlfriend this, that it was one of the most impactful things I had seen. I had never seen a female character like that before, where she was beautiful. Every man wanted her. Every rich man wanted her. But she had had that already. Like, she could be a, a woman. Oh, excuse me. She could be... Any nobleman's wife, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like any rich man's wife and, and live that life, but that's not what she wanted. She wanted it for herself and any amount of riches like she could have, but that's not what she wanted. Any beautiful trinket, gem, freaking anything she could have because she was a thief, but what else was there? And that's what she was asking. She's like, after I get this, what is there? After I attain this, what else is there? What can you bring to me, young man, a little boy that I have not stolen myself? And I was like, what? Damn, damn. She just told the entire world, like, what 
can you bring me that I cannot steal myself? I had to like replay it just to get the mentality of understanding the significance of what that means and the enjoyment of the human experience. Like, I, I'm still to this day trying to figure out the mentality of something like that. And the conclusion that I come to is that it, it made her live and it brought breath to her, her lungs by saying this because the world wanted her they like the world wanted to fuck her but that's fine what else is there like <laughs> it's like okay and and afterwards and like that was to a man not understanding a woman's plight that that was a different part of the spectrum that i had not seen before and that's what i'm including in the fourth book of these characters where these are women and they're in the city of the thieves, but they are moving differently. They're not understanding the mentality of just all of these things these men are taking. And they're just understandably like coming into their own power by their own memories and realizing that they could obtain those things too. Not by the same means, obviously by violence and guns, but utilizing the gifts that they had and the know-how and wit and how that correlates into their Alice in Wonderland journey of going through this this city of parties and cities of lost memory and, and what these people do with them. So I, I'm going to work on that for the next one and actually have a, a proper uh, cast for you guys and describe the setting. The city is like, uh, the best description I could have, like a city with a giant hole in it. <laughs> but remnants so it's kind of like a skeleton city of all these different buildings that have been burned but are being rebuilt and i haven't named these characters yet i haven't named the women yet it's just these two stories will be intersecting in the fourth book and those are the subjects the subject meaning meaning of what is there else to life after the pleasure after this uh, how do you define this how do you satiate your attention how do you keep living after you've partied a bajillion times like where's the where's that point where you're just like all right i'm gonna chill i'm gonna chill for a while and then maybe i'll party if i want to there's some meaning in life after you leave as to you telling your soul and telling yourself like yo i did this i love my the best of my ability and yourself will be telling you like yeah that's what you signed up for it's what yeah, before you were even born. Like, you talked to that person and you guys signed up to meet up at that time. But there's something else in there. There's there's so much more that I want to include into being and describe these, these characters of what they're looking for. That after you get something, then then what else is there is truly what the fourth book will, will include. So that's basically it. Story time from V, a.k.a. Verna English. Hit the subscribe button. I appreciate you guys. Hopefully, I wasn't saying too many uhs and uh. <laughs> and uh, I'll guest star on the podcast with no current events. I probably won't even comment on current events. I'll just talk about science fiction and stories and other cool things and awesome people in my life. So I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Peace, peace.